Grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. What does it mean to be a disciple? What is it Jesus is saying and why is it that he speaks such seemingly harsh words? Are they harsh or are they just reality? And St. Paul tells us that we're in bondage to sin. And what is sin? This morning I wasn't disappointed by the disappointment that I have each time I get on Highway 85. For in just a matter of moments there is, well, so far as I can remember this past week, within a few moments there is someone whose front lights I cannot see because they are so close behind me in the vehicle tailgating. And this week I heard a news report, flash, since COVID, accidents in the Atlanta area have gone up by 20%. I stopped, turned at the radio and said, duh. People aren't obeying the law. And I'm not talking about speeding. And I'm not talking about swerving in and out and the things that are on the books is illegal. I'm talking about what I learned 50 years ago when I was in driving class. And the instructor said, if you have a 3,000-pound vehicle driving down the road at 50 miles an hour, it's not going to stop in 10 feet. That's the law of physics. The law God has placed around us is good. It's his order of things. And just think about how often we try to break the physical laws and how silly that is. And not only will I make a new acquaintance if I get rear-ended, it's going to cost. Not just them, but me. There's the reality of breaking the law. And we all want to think that we're exceptional, that we are the ones who are accepted from what God says. We are not. We are called to make a good confession. How does the God of eternity, who created all things, this is his world, he created it. He is not in the world in the sense that the world is him. He's apart from the world. And yet the world reflects his goodness, his grace, his mercy, who he is in the order that is all around us. How does God speak to us, his creatures, in this creation which he created? Well, we know that Jesus used multiple parables to speak in a way that was, well, timeless. It was as appropriate then as it is now in telling these stories. And right there at the beginning of the Bible, in Genesis 1, God has literally done what he did, but he also has given us a living parable. Fourth day, God created the greater light and the lesser light. The greater light to rule by day and the lesser light to rule by night. We know that as the sun and the moon. Now think of this in terms of a parable. The sun shines. And what are we called to do? Reflect the light of the sun. And think literally, what happens if the moon goes behind the earth and is so focused on the earth, it shines nothing. For we know that the moon is just a dead rock, beat up, 
with all kinds of pockmarks all over the place from the refuse of the universe pounding upon it. But when it comes out, it shines. Think about your baptism and the words that were spoken over your baptism. Right there from Matthew in the Beatitudes, it follows and it says, let your light so shine that they may see your good works and what? Glorify your Father who is in heaven. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Then we grow up and we forget about that and we cover it. We are made to reflect God. Do you not know? Let us make humanity in our image. We are image bearers. You may not have noticed it, but during the confession, there was a picture of a dirty mirror. And before we come to confession, we're all dirty mirrors. The reflector is there. It's just got all the dirt, so it doesn't reflect so well. For now we look in a mirror dimly. But the day is going to come when we look face to face. And God has come to wash us through the water of our baptism to be reflectors of him. What power do I have? Zilch. All power and authority belongs to Christ. So what has he called us to do? He's called us to reflect him. But he's given us warning. He's told us that we will go into places where it is going to be difficult to speak the truth. People will not want to hear what you have to say. And yeah, he can say, blessed are you when men and revile you and persecute you for my name's sake. As Pastor Scott said a couple of weeks ago, sticks and stones may break my bones, but knaves will never hurt me. One of the greatest lies that's ever been perpetrated. (laughs) They do hurt. And being persecuted is not fun. But we are called to shine the light. So even if people are throwing mud, Jesus is the perfect anti-mud to put in front of us so that it slides right off. Better than Rainex, Jesus. He calls for us. And this is a part of the Great Commission. Go therefore, make disciples. What is a disciple anyway? If you've gone to college, you probably chose a course of study, which was your discipline. Well, mathetes, the Greek word, it means to be one who learns. That's pretty simple, isn't it? Have you learned something today? Each day we are encouraged to learn. And yes, about the Lord and his creation and his goodness. But it's about learning all things. Modern science was born out of devout Christians who wanted to understand better God's creation and the laws of God's creation. And so they began a sequence of exploration of understanding the truth, knowing that God is the creator of all things and therefore God is the source of all truth. And so we are to learn. If you are into sports or have a hobby, things you like to do, learn. And let your learning be focused eventually on the reality of God's presence. And what I do want you to notice here is that Jesus doesn't say, and I've got a scale. There are going to be those who are up here and those who are down here and we'll see if you miss the cutoff mark. Jesus doesn't measure us. 
but he will be the judge. There is nothing hidden that will not be revealed. Therefore, don't worry about what this world will throw your way. For he tosses in the middle of that the truth. You are of amazing value to the Lord. He created you and me with purpose for purpose. And you are unique. There is no one in all eternity that is like you. But he wants you to be the you that he is creating you to be. And that's the difficult part. Jesus tells us that our life is to be a confession. Not going around going, woe is me, I'm a wretched sinner. I am. I need your forgiveness. I do. Lord, I hope you love me. There's the first lie that creeps in. For God so loved you that he gave his only son. And if you believe, ah, there's the key word, credo. In a few moments, we'll be speaking the creed. What does that mean? Well, the word credo in Latin means I believe. Well, what is an I believe? You have faith, you have belief, two sides of the same coin. When I go to Chick-fil-A, I order a spicy chicken sandwich, and I have faith that what's going to be delivered is a spicy chicken sandwich. And when I bite into it, I'm believing. But it's Sunday, so we can't think about these things. <laughs> belief is what you do based upon where your faith is. And when Jesus tells us to make a confession, it's to live our life acting from where our faith is. So that when we go out the world and somebody wants to hate on you because you love Jesus, okay. Somebody wants to tailgate you, this is my onsetting, besetting sin issue. It's to let it go. and reflect the light of the sun in all that you say and do. St. Paul put it simply in Colossians, whatever you do, whatever you do, whether it's in the kitchen cleaning up, making your bed in the bedroom, shopping, going to work, reading, spending time with friends, whatever you do, do it as serving the Lord. In other words, be his reflector. And that's challenging. But there's really the goal of how to live life because God uses that to reflect himself through us. And sometimes there are those amazing moments. I remember when my oldest daughter was younger and people would come up and say, oh, how wonderful she is and she's lovely and she does all of these things. And my wife and I would look at each other and go, is this the same person that lives in our house? All right, we all have those discrepancies. You see, if you confess, that is, live believing that Jesus is Lord and Savior, and he is, and that he has taken your sins, my sins upon himself, then he will believe in you as well. It's kind of an interesting thing here. The student is not above the master the teacher, nor the slave above the master. Now, that's a buzzword these days. It's used 127 times in the New Testament. 
The word doulos, Greek, has been slandered by Satan with four centuries of horrific imposition, putting into bondage human beings as things. And that's not what this means. It is a willing giving up of yourself for the other. Jesus taught us very simply, not my will, but thy will be done. And if you think about it, every successful loving relationship is based on giving up your will for the other. Jesus did it first. God is perfect. God is holy. God is just. And we are an unholy, imperfect, unjust people. So what does he do? He gives up that will for us. And he asks us to do the same. Not my will, but thy will be done. And there's the daily struggle. You see, the cost of being a disciple, well, Jesus bore the cost to enable us to be a disciple. He paid a price that we can't even begin to fathom, for he didn't just die for your sins or mine, but for the sins of the whole world. And what's the true cost? Giving up your will. That's a toughie. But Jesus reminded us, take my yoke upon you. My burden is easy. My load is light. So if you have a heavy load, you haven't given it to Jesus. He asks that we be reflectors. How easy is that to just be a mirror? Stand there and let the light of Christ shine through all you say and do and think. This is the call Jesus has put upon us. It is, in one sense, incredibly simple. Not easy, but simple. Let your confession be the truth. God has shown up. God has carried the burden. God has walked amongst us. God has given us promise and hope. A hope for eternity. In that hope, we are called to walk forward now and forever. You will be hated by those who don't want to hear the truth. Don't hate back. Love. Receive others as you would want to be received. And if it's too much trouble, move on. And it can be as simple as when the checkout clerk says to you, have a good one. I don't know what a one is, haven't figured it out other than the one. Just respond back. May your day be blessed also. These days you don't hear that. There is a clerk at Harbor Freight that does say that. There's somebody of faith. You see, it's a buzzword. It's a way for us to softly remind people there is a God who created us, who loves us, who loves you, 
and wants you to reflect his image to the world. Sometimes it comes at great cost as our brothers and sisters in various places in the world have been put to death for their faith. Sometimes it's the soft, subtle things. But remember, confess Jesus before others. Believe, for he believes in you. So much so that he was willing to do whatever it took that you and I and all who believe would be with him here, now, and forever. Believe in God the Father, creator of all worlds, creator of you in circumstance and place. Believe in the Son who took your sins upon himself, who is coming back to judge the living and the dead. Believe in the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. This is the call of our faith. This is your call to be a disciple. Your will or the Father's will. There's the cost. May God grant to you faithfulness that you might walk with him here, now, forever, confessing his goodness, love, and mercy. Amen. Please join.